If you were here last week, you heard me uh, share a rather embarrassing work story about trying to offer myself as a burnt offering. Um, uh, If you weren't here, basically the story went that I was fencing out in a um, Hokianga place called Otawa, and I'm actually working there now, actually about 200 metres from where I told you that story, and an electrical storm came through, and I was just sort of really sort of switched on to the Lord, and I'd really, at that time, I I really always loved electrical storms, and um, so I I thought, shall I sit in the, in the ute? And I thought, nah. You know, I just worked through this pouring rain. The thunder was rolling around the mountains. and So I just stood out there and, in the middle of this paddock and held my hands out and said, Lord, you know, you know, I'm not frightened. If you want to take me now, I'm not really worried. And, and it, for me, it was just a moment, you know, with God, you know, just... And I didn't really think it. And then, as I told you last week, I went home and um, Glenna said, how was your day? And I told her. And she said, what? What did you do? All you were thinking about was yourself. You weren't thinking about me and the kids, were you? And I thought, well, I sort of leveled it down. But anyway, the scripture I, I used was, um, you know, praise the Lord for wives. Um, I think, you know, they see things completely different to men. Um, have a different spirituality about them. You know, fishing's really spiritual. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true, it is. Women would say men are just mucking around, but really, you know, it's a, it's a manly fellowship, and, you know, I'm into kayaking, going bush and sailing and stuff like that, and really it's an opportunity just to connect with people. But anyway, having said that, uh, the title of my message this morning is Gifted. Gifted. And I'm looking at um, Romans chapter 12, so if you've got a Bible going for you, you can go there in Romans chapter 12 and looking at um, verses 3 and 4. Father, I thank you for uh, this opportunity and Father, I just pray that you'd um, just help me get through any nerves and, and just to be, be the person that you've called me to be and I thank you for the gift on me this morning to communicate your word and I pray, Father, that uh, it would be done in a, in a humble way and that you'd speak um, to me and through me. And I pray that every single ear here would be a listening ear, not to Dave, but Father, to your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. So this is uh, Romans chapter 12, looking at verse 3. As God's messenger, I give, you, give each of you this warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves, measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. Now, I I just want to look at the first part of the verse there where it says to make an honest estimate of yourselves. I think that's quite an interesting way of looking at it. When I I thought about it, what is the most honest thing you can do? I guess it's to come before God and say, you know, Lord, compared to you, I'm just a piece of, I don't know, pigeon turd or whatever you want to... To say it, you know, in comparison to his holiness. And um, I think that's one of the most challenging things about it. And then, and then if you take that and look at it from a, a Christian perspective, um, you know, you've got to say that to make an honest estimate of yourself, you've got to look at yourself in the light of Jesus and what Jesus did for us. And more importantly, how God sees you in the light of Christ. So that's really, really the challenge, really. 
He sees us through Christ. How do we see ourselves the way God sees us? You know, Christianity in its simplest form is receiving a gift. Is receiving a gift. And then walking in that gift. I just want to look at another verse, and this is from John chapter 1. And it's verses 10 through 12. But although the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him when he came. Even in his own land and among his own people, he was not accepted. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right to become children of God. Now, if, if, if we go back to Romans chapter 2, that, that Romans chapter 12, I should say, the, the verses preceding the ones that I read before talked about, in verse 2 it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. When I was um, about 11, 12 years old uh, in intermediate school, grew up in Auckland, um, and uh, we had a speech competition, so I entered the speech competition and talked about Adolf Hitler. Quite a radical thing at the time, raised some of the eyebrows, and I talked about him as a great world leader and you know, how he went off the track and this sort of thing. And I actually won the speech competition. It sort of freaked me out, really, because I was a pretty shy kid. And uh, on the way home that day, I picked up my bike from out of the bike rack, and one of the kids said to me, oh, there's that smart kid. There's that smart kid, you know, talking to me. And it was sort of a real downer for me, really, and I thought to myself, well, I'm never, ever going to speak in public again. Never. Never going to do that again. Just as a, as a little kid, you know, joined a debating club in um, high school, um, Rutherford High, and um, grew up in Te Aratu, Westie, so they tell me. Never used to call it that in my day. But, uh. And so that, you know, that was, there was a gift there that was um, held down and suppressed by peer pressure. And, you know, I just want to tell you, peer pressure pressure doesn't stop when you leave school. It continues through life. And a lot of the peer pressure comes on yourself. You know, so I I thought about that gift. Not at all. (laughs) You know, I just didn't want to go there, really. And um, then when I got involved in the church, when I came north and was working on farms up here, I got involved with the church. Um, purely because of a relationship with young people, um, being lonely, homesick, away from home. I worked on the, what was called at the time the Federated Farmers Farm Cadet Scheme. And I started off in, in Taranaki and worked on a dairy farm there. And every year they'd send you to a different farm and swap you around. Quite disjointed, hard to make friends. Um, it was just work 24-7. Used to pull, you know, 20-hour days, work for a hay contractor, all that sort of thing. Um, no time for socialisation. Came up to Kaikoui, 1979, the, late, the year Mount, the DC-10 flew into um, Mount Erebus down in Antarctica. I still remember it now. Lonely as, um, got involved with the youth group, and lo and behold, um, they started to push me to get into this gift again. Um, you know, Dave, you know, you've got a way to speak. You know, you should, do you want to speak? And I said, nah, not likely. And, you know, just the nerves would come up, the fear would come up, and um, I'd really push that, push that gift down, push it down, push it down all the time. And then I reached a point where I decided I was going to um, do things just because it scared me. 
I was going to face those fears. I don't know what it was, some crazy thinking. You know, in hindsight, I know it was the Spirit of God. And so I, when somebody would ask me, Dave, do you want to share on something? Just like Steve did this morning on communion, I would say, yes. And pre- previous to that, when I'd first come to Christ, um, the minister in the Union Church in Kaikui, um, he said to me, Dave, you should share what happened to you in this youth camp. So I got up um, in front of these young people, and I was literally like this. My legs were literally shaking just with absolute terror and fear. And, and, I, and I, I, I said that um, the, 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 this happened, and you know, the kids in the front row were laughing. And I made that same decision I'd made those years before. I'm never, ever going to speak in public again. Never. And then lo and behold, the Holy Spirit ran this thought before me. Dave, you know, if you're ever going to grow, you need to face your fears. You need to step up the things that you're most frightened of. I read once statistically that one of the greatest fears people have is speaking in public. And, you know, I used to be terrified answering the phone. Um, Young people would ask me to go to parties at school. I was not going to go to a party. You know, I'd just hang out on my own, you know, just be a loner. And just mixed with direct family. And um, so, you know, it was a really challenging thing for me to do. But I decided, no, I'm going to take this fear on and I'm going I'm to get up and speak. And so that, that was the development of that gift over time. And we need to realize that um, we need to face our fears to grow. And what I'm doing right now, speaking to you, is sort of a leadership gift But in talking about being gifted, I want you to realize that some of the most important giftings are the quiet relational giftings. And if you think about Jesus, you can see him speaking to thousands of people, and then you can see him speaking to a lady by a well on her own. You can see him speaking to Nicodemus. and, And you can see, if you read between the lines, if you read some of the scriptures, he was not hungry for publicity. He would heal somebody and say, don't tell anybody, and they'd go out and just blow it to the world. He had a hunger for just quiet intimacy with people, and that shows you the nature of God, I think, in that, in that aspect. Um, I've got a scripture there that um, Philippians 4.13, I was going to get all those that are doing foundations to stand up, because it's what um, Sophia, we're doing this foundations course on Wednesday night, and one, one of the things Sophia is getting us to do is learn memory verses. And this is one of them, Philippians 4.13. I can do everything that God wants me to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and the power. Is that right? Just trying to quote it from memory. We're on to about our fifth memory verse that's starting to scramble my head. but Because um, a lot of the verses I know, but you learn them in a different, from a different translation. So I want you to say this all together, please. From the reference, okay, let's go. Philippians 4.13. I can do everything God asks me to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and the power. Awesome. Thanks for that. The second part of this verse I want to read to you again in Romans chapter 3 says this. I'll read the whole thing again. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves, measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. Measure your value. Now, one translation, this, this verse in, 
in um, chapter 12, verse 3, says, don't think too highly of yourself. But I think most Christians think lower of themselves than God would have. And we sort of, exactly like the testimony I shared about fear overcoming you and pushing into God, we hold back and hold ourselves back from that. Now, Christ has given us access to being children of God, but we need to exercise faith, take him at his word, believe and act on what the Bible says, to take this from theory into reality in our lives. And um, I've got uh, a little word there that says the key that is walking that to this is walking in our part, walking in our gifting in his body. Now, if you think about gifts, like I could say I have a gift for digging post holes and running a fence rammer and smashing bits of wood into the ground to build fences. You could say, Dave, that is a gift. I had one of the guys in church here, he's not here today, um, actually I've had two young guys from church help me fencing. I just took them fencing for a day. Um, one was Cody, and I had him driving the tractor for me while I was ramming posts, and as soon as it got to anything steep, he'd freak out. He'd leap off a tractor and say, Dave, you do it. And so I'd be putting the tractor up these hills and ramming posts. I took Pete Smith um, fencing with me um, out at Narfa Springs, and we were wiring up. And, you know, he could do everything, but he couldn't figure out who to do, do, do the tie-off knots on the strings. You know, and they were just a bird's nest. I'd go along, I'd cut some of them off and redo them, get pretty fussy. But, you know, you could say that's a gift. But God's gifts, you know, what Harmony did up here, beautifully leading the worship, that is a gift. But Harmony's got other gifts. God's most, most important gifts are relational with people. Building relationships, reconciling people to Christ, showing people the love of God. So if you think about gifts, not everybody's called to preach. Not everybody's called as a prophet or a pastor. At um, Men's Life Group the other week, Andrew um, freaked me out. And he made, he made, he made me a little bit angry because he said to me, now I'm just being honest here, he said to me, he greeted me as Pastor Dave and my temperature gauge went into the red and I thought, I don't like labels, you know, and I thought, oh, he's putting me up on a bit of a pedestal. I don't like that. I don't like that. But when I thought about it later, he was emphasizing a pastoral gift on my life. And so, you know, I honor you, honor you for that. Um, and, and I was thinking, you know, we need to honor our gifts more. So I'm not saying I'm the pastor, but I have, each of us have pastoral gifts. And that's to relate to certain people and bring God's love to them. So in Romans chapter 12, verse 6, it says this. It says, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Now, if you think your gift is cleaning out septic tanks, um, building fences, building houses, changing nappies, um, you know, there's all sorts of gifts out there. I'm not particularly keen on the changing nappies one, but, um, but I have done it. Um, but I, what I want to really stir up in you today is those quiet gifts, those quiet gifts. And I know there's, there's mums out there with young kids, and they've, they've got gifts that they can suppress, and that's just relating to other mums. Yeah. Men have got people to relate to when they take them fishing. 
And I just want to really put that out there that the gifts we have, those quiet, hidden gifts, you know, in, in our modern internet day, you know, we can get on YouTube and we can watch flash preachers. We can see sermons online and, see, and get inspired by these flash preachers, but we never know what it's like to sit in their churches, to come under their authority, to be led by them in a real way, and that we hype them up. And it sort of hypes up, sort of like, it makes church like Hollywood. You know, you've got all this fame. But in, in each of those guys' churches, there are so-called little people who just go about quietly loving other people, encouraging them, bringing the word to them, bringing meals to them, and things like that. So I want to lift those gifts up. You know, you can think, you know, well, I've got a gift of prophecy, and I've got this, and I've got that. But the most important gift you've got is to communicate the love of God to people. Okay? So you might say to me, how do we know what our gifts are? How do I know what my gifting is? So I just want to throw out a few things here. And this is just me, you know, throwing stuff out. The first, the basic thing you've got to do is ask God to show you. And, and like me, you know, with the speaking, you know, the gift's been on you for probably all your life. Don't deny you have a gift and hide under a rock, <laughs> you know, and just, and just fear, you know, don't do that. Um, try reading Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. That's the parable of the talents. That's straight from the mouth of Jesus. Don't be a spectator. Get involved. It's easier for God to direct a moving wheel. Join a life group. Join a life group. Now, this is one of my areas of passion. Um, when I came to um, Excite Church, we got prayed out of our church in Kaikaui, and we moved to Kirikiri, and we came along here. And I had a bit of a passion for life groups because I could. what I didn't like about church was, was the superficialness of it. You know, you, you spend, you know, like 10 minutes relating to somebody over a coffee and then say, see you next week. And, you know, you just race off home and that's it. And so I had a passion for life groups. But in my old church, you know, I'd killed a few. You know, I'd done about six life groups before. I had my brother-in-law started up one, took all the people away. <laughs> and I was just left, you know, with one person. And I thought, well, that sucks. You know, and, and, and you sort of think, you think, well, you know, I'm not going to do that again. And then another one comes along, you know, there's one or two I killed. So when it came to um, Excite here, um, Ruth said to me, Dave, you know, you've got a heart for young people. You should start up a young adults life group. I said to the, some of the young ones, um, I'm thinking about starting up a young adults life group. What's a life group, they said. And so I just thought to myself, I bet I'm going to kill it again. It's not going to work. It's going to be a failure. And then I thought, no, that's not God. That's not his voice. You know, that's, that's not the Holy Spirit. So I, I went ahead and, and advertised this, and we started up a young adults group. And Jordan and um, Louise were the first ones to come along. And, and then it built from there, and it grew. And then a few times, uh, nobody turned up. And I thought, this is all over. <laughs> you know, it's gone. It's, <laughs> I've killed it again. <laughs> And I just, no, no, we're going to go on with this. And, and then we changed the venue, and then the numbers got so big we split. And then there's been other life groups started in church. So at the information desk, um, I'd really encourage you to nurture your gifts, be part of a life group. 
There's a, a men's life group, which is quite unique because it's intergenerational. There's old farts like me, and there's young guys, and we're giving all these guys this misinformation about marriage and crazy things. One, one young fella come along, and he's having trouble with his, with his relationship with his wife, and then one of the guys starts up, well, why is it that our wives are always right? And it was just hilarious. And then I thought, after, I thought afterwards, are we really giving this young fella the best advice? <laughs> and then there's fishing stories, and that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just sort of out there. And there's um, three ladies groups. Um, there's two young adults groups. There's six life groups in the church, um, plus the worship team. I designate that as a life group. So if you're part of worship team, you're involved in that. And worship t- um, life groups give you an opportunity to get develop relationships. Yeah. And it takes church from a superficial level down to real life. And I just honor all those that host life groups in this church and those who lead them and all power to you. Um, one of the ladies was sharing t- with me about um, the young ladies group, young mums that they have on Friday, and they had 25 turn up. And the husband came home and he couldn't even get in his own house hardly because there's that many cars. And that's pretty cool. But one of the ladies was really concerned that was leading it, she said that, you know, I don't lead and I'm not organised like this other lady. But what she couldn't see was she was awesome at relationship. She was awesome at hospitality. And that's a gift. And I'm just, what I'm telling you now is those little insignificant things are really the most important. So pump it up, pump it up. Look at those relational gifts like it's a gift from the Spirit of God and stir that up within you. You can, you can. Um, yeah, don't be a join a life group. Um, where are we? Again, nurture the desire to grow and face your fears. Stir up thankfulness for all the Father has done for you. Now we need to break independence and build interdependence. Multi culture is really good at this. The Marae culture and family culture. Us Pakeha, not so good. We need to learn from this intercultural thing. You know, that's why the Holy Spirit's doing this. You know, Māori people are really good at relating with each other in family. We need to learn. We need to learn from that and pull that, that culture in. Um, colonialism, this is just my particular bent, has been quite arrogant in that respect. And so, you know, as Christians, we need to deal to that colonial arrogance and, and pull this, this cultural thing in and learn and learn. You know, because it's important. Um, yes, yes, that, that, that's, that's pretty much me. Um, but I, I just want to um, really encourage you in that gifting, in that gifting of hospitality, in that gifting of relating to people. And you might think that's a broad gift, but your life skills, where you've been, what you've been through, help you to relate to specific people. And you'll have a fear. Your heart will start panning. Should I talk to that person? Should I invite them for lunch? Should I have a coffee with them? And your heart will be going. You need to push through that and just hear from God, the specific people that you're called to, and you need to go for that and build a relationship and see it go on and be sustainable and bring that love in. Yeah, cool. Awesome. So, you know, um, in terms of prayer, um, I should really do an altar call, eh? 
Uh, <laughs> my wife says to me afterwards, you talked about everything else, but you didn't do an altar call. Okay, just close your eyes. This is a tradition. You know, there's nothing in the Bible that says you should pray, uh, close your eyes when you pray. You know that? There is, I've never seen any scripture in the Bible that says you're supposed to close your eyes. But we'll close our eyes. <laughs> I shouldn't, eh? No, I was closing my eyes. Um, if there's anybody... <laughs> oh, sorry. I apologise for being in that case sometimes. But, um, yeah, if there's anybody out there, Father, I just pray your Holy Spirit would just go across, just from this, this humble sheep farmer, cow cocky. Father, I just know your Holy Spirit's here. And Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just sweep across the people here. And if there's anybody here that has never made a decision for Christ, just... I just ask you to be real bold and just stand up and um, we'll pray for you. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, I've, I've said that. That's my altar call. Um, but if you want prayer for gifting, especially about relational gifting, um, come forward and we'll pray for you. And um, yeah, Father, I just pray peace upon the people. I just pray they'd be encouraged with those seemingly simple gifts. And I thank you, Father, that you are a personable, relationable, friendship-orientated Father. And Father, the thing that freaks me out most about you is, as I read through the Bible, you want to be our friend. And Father, I pray that we can take your friendship and, and just accelerate that gift into our communities, into our families, into our, the people that we relate to at work and all that, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. Awesome.